0: You found yourself on another episode of Locked on Bulls. In today's episode, me, Pat, and guest Mark K are going to break down the Bulls losing their draft pick in the lottery, which should be expected. What's next for the Chicago Bulls over the course of this offseason? And answering the question, does tanking actually work in the NBA? All that and more on today's Locked on Bulls. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Bulls, member of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. That's Pat, the designer, host and creator of the Windy City Breeze and host of the official Chicago Bears podcast over at ESPN 1000. I'm Hayes, host, creator of Chicago Bulls and Chicago Bears Central's YouTube pages and the official Bleach Report correspondent for the Chicago Bulls. And we are joined by the great one himself, Mark Kaye, in the building over from CHGO Bulls. How you doing, Mark Kaye?
1: I'm well guys. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Uh, I was hopeful I was hopeful that we'd be uh celebrating tonight, but instead we're we're commiserating. We're trying to pick each other's spirits up after uh well, I guess we shouldn't be mad because this was the expected outcome. This was the most likely outcome. Yeah. So probability suggested this was going to be how we should have been feeling, all that sort of stuff. But uh emotions are a funny thing, I suppose. So is sports and here we are, probably lamenting the situation. So it is what it is, unfortunately. But um, It's going to be a tough offseason, guys. It's going to be a tough offseason.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a very long offseason. One of the things that we do not have to look forward to this offseason is worrying about any draft prospects because the Chicago Bulls were not able to work any uh, lottery magic at all. We did lose our pick. That's going to be number 11 over to the Orlando Magic Pat, man, uh, when uh, well, your video is out. It's very well documented. Your reaction to the Bulls yeah. not uh, not coming out of the lottery, but how are you feeling now? A couple of hours removed from it,
2: it's it's it still sucks. It do, it does. Here's here's the thing. I didn't expect us to like come away with this pick. I yeah. just didn't want like the last pick to be the one that we lost it on. And when we got the twelve, I was like, okay, maybe we got a shot. And I'm on. I'm at Mark. Uh, uh uh the 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 COO of the NBA had because I feel like he held that card up where you couldn't see from Chicago Bulls perfectly so it was like Orlando they'll put that mug back down I'm at your head my boy but uh no I, I just I mean listen this was like like Mark K said this this was the expected outcome this is what I mean 1.8 chance right like you're not gonna get that lucky twice in a lifetime um, and the Bulls got there one time, and even, right, the funny part is everybody was tweeting out the picture of Woj in front of it. I don't know if you saw that one, Mark, but, like, it had the Bulls in the fourth spot, and I was like, that's the practice round. Yeah. Me and Hayes both said, there's all our luck. That's where all <laughs> our luck went right there. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah it's, maybe, it's it's super maybe.
0: unfortunate, uh, just everything that happened. Uh, Mark, I'll, I'll come to you on this one. When you were watching the lottery, how much genuine hope did you have that the Bulls are going to pull it out? Because the way that the season went, I've learned one thing, don't have much hope when it comes to the Chicago Bulls. What about you, Mark?
1: Yeah, I I didn't have hope per se. I was maybe trying to trick myself in the last couple of minutes leading up to the up to the lottery, like, okay, maybe, maybe, like, 8.5% chance. Like, I wasn't trying to trick myself into Wemby, let's say. I wasn't getting my hopes up into Wemby. I wasn't, you know, doing photoshops of Wemby in Bulls jerseys or anything of that sort of, anything of that nature. I wasn't going that far, but, like, 8.5% chance getting into the top four. I thought that was somewhat possible. We've seen in years past teams in that sort of 11 to 14 range jumping up into the top four. I think the Lakers did it one year. There's been other teams that have popped up here and there. Um, over the last few years, since the the NBA's institu- reinstituted this different lottery system, so I had some little tiny modicum of hope that maybe they could get back up into the top four. But in terms of getting into the Wemby sweepstakes, I wasn't fooling myself into that. But I think the part that hurt the most was what you noted, where they held up the what's the name the the, the well, they didn't necessarily hold up the Bulls card or the, or yeah. the Bulls logo. And at that point, yeah. it's like okay, they're holding up the magic, but there's just not enough time to compute compute what's exactly happening in that situation. And you expected to either see a bull's logo or another team logo. And the minute you saw another team's logo for like that five to 10 second period, that's when I, the hope turned into, I guess, believing that this actually had happened. So, (laughs) but then you realize, wait a minute, that's not actually possible. What, what could have transpired? And then, you know, reality starts to kick in the emotion uh, dissipates and, you know, the facts start to be what they are. And then it's like, oh, God, I for that split second, I believed into something and just to have it all, you know, come crashing down. So that, that's probably the part that hurt the most. Like, had they not, had they just pulled up a Bulls card and we knew then and there that they'll pick in 11th, I would have been like, okay, cool. Yeah. This was the, the expected outcome. But because they gave you that glimmer of hope, I was like, ah, I took yeah, it away. I, I don't
2: time. like that. I feel like they did that to us last year, too, when we gave yeah. when we gave up, uh who did we give our pick to last season? Didn't we have a pick that went to somebody else last year? Year before. Year before
0: too. Year before. Year yeah. before. Oh, that's we right. We owned yeah. our own pick last year because it was daily.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah, well. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I I felt like that. Like, no, nah, like put up a Bulls logo. If you if I saw a Bulls logo, there is no hope. It's like, all right, it's dash now. But I saw the Orlando logo, I was like, so you're saying there's a chance. I gotta, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. man. I don't know. That that wouldn't hurt me. I, I I'll ask y'all this, right? Like, when when you look at kind of what has happened. How do you look at the Vooch trade now? I still think I think Vooch is a good player. I think he's been a consistent player for the Bulls. I don't know if he's been two lottery picks good.
0: Well, you got to keep in mind yeah. we not we didn't trade for who Vooch is now. We were yeah. trading for that time a center that was averaging twenty and ten. It was an all star at that time. So. It's it still in hindsight. Of course, the deal doesn't look good, and I won't say that the Bulls we didn't win the deal by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but you paid the price that I think now a twenty and ten All Star caliber center you're probably getting a similar deal at the same time. And what he was, he was two years younger at that time as well. It just 31? ended up just not working out. The way, Huh? I said thirty one, right? Thirty one yeah. year, years years old when we got him. Yeah, yeah, thirty one years yeah. old. So what? What about you, Mark?
1: Yeah, look, I, I still, it probably was an overpay at the time, but my thing that, the way I think about this and, and the way that I, the way I thought about it on, on, the, on the night that they traded for him as well, like the value of the trade or the, how we review the trade, the way we think about this trade, it was it was a thing that could could evolve over time and it was going to be dictated by what ultimately happened with these draft picks. Now, obviously they gave up the eighth pick in 2021, but had the balls. Done some more stuff at that deadline. Had they got into the playoffs? Had Zach not got COVID at that situation, and had mm-hmm. the season not fall the way it did, then maybe you're not giving up the eighth pick in that draft. Maybe you're giving up the 14th or 15th pick or whatever it might have been. So, okay, cool. That that changes that element of the trade. You're not giving the the Magic the eighth pick, which ultimately turned into Fr- Franz Wagner. And then in this case, in 2023, we obviously know that they were trying to get into the postseason. Ultimately, didn't got in. You know, had the 10th, 11th best odds to do what they needed to do in this particular draft. But again, like had you built out your team either in the off-season, the 22 off-season or at the trade deadline done more to sort of bolster this team and given them more of a le- legitimate chance to be better than what they were, then ultimately the pick that you're giving up to the Magic now instead of it being the 11th pick could have been the 17th, 18th, 19th pick or something like that. Like So because they were just so uh, stagnant in that transaction cycle, obviously that limited those, limited the team for what they could be uh, in the postseason this season or they didn't even make the postseason, but you guys know what I'm getting at here. Yeah. But so yeah. It, it limited what they could be from that point of view, but it also sort of enhanced what you're potentially giving up to the magic in that vooch trade. So from that point of view, that there is a reality where had the Bulls been more aggressive, been willing to add more pieces, spend more money, bring in more guys, that the picks that they're giving up in the Vooch trade could have been worse for the Magic. And in doing so, like that would have made the Vooch trade look better than what it ultimately does today. And the reason it looks so poor right now is because you've given up two lottery picks. And part of the reason you've given up two lottery picks is because you just didn't do all you could to make the current team as good as possible. And yeah, it ended up being what it is now. So that's why it looks you know, worse than what it needed to be.
2: That is a great point. I'm not going to lie. I've never thought of it from that aspect of it. I've always thought of it from the play that we've gotten from Vooch, which I still think has been solid for your number three overall but breaking it down into that sense that it really shows you right like it's it kind of goes back to what we talked about yesterday with ak he's got it like the biggest sin for me with ak coming into this season is not continuity it's trusting that lonzo was going to be healthy and not being aggressive enough to go out and get another point guard
0: yeah i mean you look at if the bulls had been more active at you know free agency or the trade deadline We're talking about, as Mark said, giving them up uh, a sub lottery picking at that point. Uh, it does reframe how you look at that deal. So, you know, AK and the Bulls overall, you know, not being as aggressive, not going into the luxury tax, number of things that you want to put a name on it, uh, it it affects the Bulls in a multitude of ways. And we're going to be feeling the effects of that going forward. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about what is next for the Chicago Bulls in the offseason now that we know (laughs) that we are not getting a draft pick. It's not happening. So we're going to talk about what's coming next. But before we do that, I got to talk to you guys about one of our sponsors, and that is Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs has clothes that just fit. They make sense. It it, it brings a level of comfort. Uh, You can wear them around the house. You can wear them to work out in, jog in, whatever you need to do. Uh, One of the things about Bird Dogs that I like in my pair of Bird Dogs is just the overall level of comfort. You guys can't see it. I'm actually wearing it right now in the studio as I'm recording this because it's just comfortable. It just is that. Uh, I was going to say, if
2: you stand up. We it's, all it's, are logging off.
0: That's that's a very different story there. Uh, but Bird Dogs, not only can you look great, but you can feel great as well when you wear them. Brings that versatility, as I mentioned before. Uh, so go to birddogs.com slash locked on. And when you enter promo code locked on NBA, They'll throw a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler, which I had somewhere around my desk that's not here anymore. So make sure you guys go and check out Bird Dogs. Again, that's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA and enter promo code locked on NBA at purchase for a free Yeti style tumbler with your purchase. <sighs> Pat, Mark, I don't know anymore with this team. I've been a fairly optimistic Bulls fan. For years, I've been trying to be very optimistic. It makes it so much harder with this team. But next up, we're going to talk about what is next for the Chicago Bulls team as we had to go through this offseason. An offseason that regardless of a draft pick or not, we need to make changes to this roster. Mark, I'll come to you first. You're the guest today. What do you think is next or should be next on the Bulls uh, checklist to do uh, to, to to kind of reform this team?
1: Man, that's a, that's a bloody tough question. <laughs> <laughs> that is a tough question. And look... It's hard to answer this question just because, I mean, it. ultimately the answer to that question is going to be dictated by ownership and what mm. they're prepared to do or what they're going to going to allow you to do so for example what i'm saying here is if they're not going to allow you to go into the tax or to use all of your middle level level exception because that might put you into the tax or it might you know hard cap you as a team then that changes so many different things that you can or can't do in the off season so that's the first impediment but then from thereafter i guess that you know the thing that we've all been talking about now and we've touched on already on this podcast is like the whole continuity thing like what are you doing from a strategic standpoint? Do you want to continue this continuity thing, or should you be uh, moving away from that? Now, me personally, I definitely want to be moving away from this whole continuity aspect. I think they should uh, be blowing it up, of sorts. Like that would be my preferred uh, course of action. I'd be trading Zach, I'd be trading Demar, and do what you need to do with Vooch. But I'd be, I'd be moving on at this point. But uh, that's what I wanted to do with the deadline. I have the team hasn't given me any any reason to believe in otherwise, particularly after tonight when we know that they're not necessarily going to have a first round pick or at least not keep keeping their pick. So I think I'm going the nuclear approach. That's what (laughs) I would be my preferred outcome. Now, is that realistic? No, I don't think that's what the franchise is going to do. I don't think ownership is going to sign off on that. I certainly don't think that's what AK wants to do. Everything AK has said and done, uh, whether it's his, no various actions, whether it's Vary's words, it seems like continuity is the thing that's going to continue. Um, maybe maybe they're just saying that, and maybe it changes up in July, but they've given us no reason to believe that, I suppose. So, I'm expecting more of the same, but I guess from my standpoint, what I would be doing is pretty much the 180 of that and just tearing it all down because I kind of feel like we know where we know what this team is, we know what it can be, we've seen it maxed out to some degree. You're not getting Lonzo back. For next season, and if he yeah. if you do get him back at all, he's not going to be the same Lonzo, and it's kind of like ridiculous to even hope that if he can, if he can come back, he can be the same guy that he was. So, I'd be moving on. I'd be blowing it up. I'd be doing a lot of different things, but I don't know how feasible that is, guys.
0: Yeah, that's fair. This team this team does seem against um blowing it up. I mean, A.K. even in this postseason presser said that they aren't considering a rebuild. Pat, throw it to you on this one, man. What would you like to see? What do you think the Bulls are going to do next in free agency?
2: Here's what the next conversation was going to be if we were going to get a top four pick, right? What are they going to actually do with this player? What are they going to actually allow this player to do? I don't know if people remember this. We have a top four pick. We really haven't let him play basketball. We just kind of told him, go out there and do some stuff. Now, granted, we have, we've we've had concerns about his mentality. He said he's got to play more. But we've all talked about how, as a top four pick, he hasn't been put in that position position to be a top four pick and have the opportunity the top four picks have. We still have a top seven pick on this team already that we just now figured, okay, maybe since he showed us a little bit at the end of the season, now it's time for him to make plays. We have a 18th overall pick who Mm -hmm. played the fewest minutes of any 18th overall pick in NBA history. You know what I want the Chicago Bulls to do? One, I want them to go out and get a point guard so that people can actually play the positions they're supposed to play. (coughs) Excuse me. ah, Choked up on all that BS that Billy Donovan's out there putting out. But the other thing <laughs> that I want you to do is allow your young pieces to try and take steps. If that means moving on from DeMar DeRozan, if that means moving on from Nikola Vucevic, but I don't know what you're doing at the big man position at that point, but allow Marco your Smovich, young pieces. You oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 I saw your tweet, by the way, Mark. Mark said, if Marco had been at the draft, we would have won the pick. <laughs> that's wild. Uh, that's but crazy. But I, I, just, I just feel like, right, like, the thing is, I would have loved to get another top four pick this season, but will we have played him? Would we have used him? Would he have been able to crack the rotation of the team that we already have? Because I see Javante every night. I see DJJ every night. I see, right, like, well, not every night. DJJ getting in a lot of second halves out there. But I, I, I see guys that aren't the guys that you think are your future, who are top picks on this team, not getting to finish games, not getting opportunities to get the ball when they've been hot, not getting opportunities to go out there and try to do... More And so to me, right at at the end of the day, I think the biggest thing this Bulls team needs to do is actually allow actually see what you have. Realistically, we don't know what these guys are when they have a full slate of things and they're actually playing the right position.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think this may be the year that you really do want to take a look at your young guys and to really see how they're going to develop. How how What part do they really have in the future? The Bulls do own their own first-round pick in 2024, so if you play your young guys a little bit more, rely on them a little bit more heavily, and it doesn't work out to your favor, you're another middling team that's scratching by to get into the play-in, we won't have the question on, are we going to hold on to our pick? We have our pick outright, so that may be the move this season, and especially when you look at the Bulls not having much uh, room under the luxury tax to really operate like we – to make the moves we may want them to make, it may be a year in which we do say, Pat, Dalen, Kobe, this is your time. Show us what you got.
2: I think think you almost have On
1: that, though, like I guess my thinking is – look, I'm not big on Kobe and Pat and Dalen when it comes to thinking these guys have star upside. Like I think they all can be good role guys. I think they can impact winning in certain situations, all that sort of thing. So don't get me wrong. I think they can be good players in the right situation. But at that point, like if you're pivoting towards giving Pat and Kobe and Dalen and I or whoever it may be more time, like just go go the whole way, I guess, is my point. Like, even though that I'm not a big I'm I'm not big on them from a star side point of view, at that point, like what's the point of having Vooch? What's the point of having Demar? Like if you if you're wanting to give more minutes to these guys, then let's let's do the whole thing. Let's get rid of yeah. Demar. Let's get rid of Vooch because we're wasting their time as much as you know, those guys are wasting the time of Pat and, and Kobe, Io, etc. So like yeah. It kind of be going halfway, I suppose. So I, I, I can get down with giving, you know, Pat more minutes or Dalen more minutes or Kobe more minutes, more opportunity, all that stuff. I don't really love it if the idea is to try to keep winning, try to keep doing the thing around Zach, Damar, and Vooch. Like, if that's the idea, then those guys still are better than Kobe. They're still better than Pat and Dalen. I don't want to be taking the ball out of those guys' hands to give it to the younger guys. So at that point, like, to, to give the the younger guys the, the necessary possessions or that time to grow on ball or whatever it might be, then let's, let's just get rid of DeMar. Let's get rid of Vooch. Maybe even get rid of Zach. Like, Zach's 29 next season. It's not like he's... I mean, he's in his prime. He's still obviously got, you know, several good years ahead of him. But, like... The next iteration of good Bulls teams, Zach's probably gonna be 32, 33. So at this point, like what what are we doing with? Let's let's cash out type thing and let's try to pivot and, and retool. So that's where I'm coming from. So even though that I'm not the biggest Pat guy or Kobe guy, if you wanna give them more time and see what they've got, then let's go the whole way, I guess.
2: I, I'm okay with Damar and Vooch, right? Because I think, one, if you trade Demar, the part I think a lot of people forget is you're not just giving up Damar. You have to trade Demar, which means you're getting something back. Mm-hmm. Probably some sort of draft capital or maybe a player that's, you know, a nice role player or whatever it is. But I think that removes the safety blanket, right? Like, I, I'm fine with having Zach Levine on the team with those guys. That was the team that we thought we were going to have anyway at the start of all of mm-hmm. this. Uh, <clears throat> I, I think, to me, there's such a safety blanket there has been such a safety blanket for guys like Kobe White and Pat Will, where they just defer to the the oldest vet that's on the floor at the time. Mm-hmm. I gotta get the ball to Goran Dragic. I gotta get the ball to Andre Drummond. I gotta get the ball to to Demar Rose and Nikola Vucevic, Zach Levine, whoever it is. And I think that we see right, like we've seen flashes. Not, I'm not saying we've seen consistency from it at all. And it's been my biggest problem with P Will. But we've seen where, like, when you take all those things away from him, all of a sudden he magically knows, like, okay, I have to go to the rim because nobody else is going to do it. Like, I, I think that giving guys the opportunity to shine, we kind of did that with Larry Marketing, too. Giving guys the opportunity to shine where it's just on you, like you're a top four pick, changes how a guy has to go out there and play.
0: Well, it forces development, right? Because yeah. you, you 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 got no it, choice but to do yeah, it. Yeah, it's not it's not a choice on do I take the shot or pass this is a choice of no, I'm taking the shot. And that's where, you know, even running design plays and things can factor in. Um, but you also gotta to, like we I said this before, you could try to motivate Patrick Williams all day long, but yeah. until he realizes that he and wants it, it's gonna be such a, a tall test for him. Um but yeah, the Bulls try to live in two worlds, right? They try to have veterans where they still kept their young pieces and I guess hope that their young pieces were going to grow through osmosis and it didn't work. You have to yeah. pick a path this offseason. So.
2: No, 100%. I'm with you on that. Because yeah. Lord knows <laughs> the path we're heading down. It's just like, hey, man, these dudes are getting that, – that's the, that's the hilarious part. Like we talked about Lonzo yesterday. The funniest part about it is – you're not getting back 31 year old Vooch and 32 year old Demar Rosen when yeah. Lonzo Ball comes back off of his injury. You're getting 33 year old Vooch and 30 or 34 year old Vooch and 33 year old Demar. Like it, it's
0: other way it's, around. It's a yeah.
2: di- whatever it is. It's a different <laughs> team. You know,
0: Mav, don't be Yeah. <laughs> Who needs math? Well, we don't have to have logic here. Uh, but logic. before we go, uh, so this whole kind of collab came about between the conversation between Mark and, and Pat on Twitter about tanking and tanking working or not. Pat, I'm going to throw it over to you. I kind of let you... Why is he taking a sip of water he, now? He's getting ready to eviscerate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. You got to get ready. <laughs>
2: Uh, no I mean the the conversation was basically on Twitter right should the bull of tank to try to give themselves a better chance at this top four pick and and we ta- I, I brought my my thoughts to the show kind of yesterday when we we started talking about this but so mark lay out why you believe that the Chicago Bulls should have gone nuclear like you said and tanked to try and get better talent
1: well look I mean it's just a it's, it's just a fundamental disagreement in how to how to well, I guess it's not like it's not, it's not super serious. Let's start there. Like, it's a disagreement. No, no, on no. oh, East, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, a, it's a sports yeah. disagreement. A sport it wasn't yeah. beef, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not yeah, C Red yeah,
2: Fred so. out here, by the way. That's tough. That's <laughs> C-Red the,
0: Fred. I hey, love no, C Red Fred.
2: Mark, Mark thought that Philly was going to the, the ECF or the finals. One of them, the finals, the finals, and, the finals. and, and Matt yeah. bet him that he uh, he has to pay him 15 bucks and compliment C Red for it.
1: Oh wow. Yes. Yeah, that's that's, that's tough. tough. I still haven't I would still make yeah I haven't made I'm having good on that bet but uh one day. <laughs> one day. But yeah. coming back to the uh the topic of of tanking and those sorts of things like and coming back to what I said before, like I thought yeah. at the deadline that the Bulls should have, you know, probably should have sh- shot Zach Levine. I, from from my perspective, it's like, all right, how do we maximize value now? Like this team's clearly not it. How do we max maximise value for the next group of balls, whoever that might be on their team, whether it's the guys already here like Pat and Kobe or whether it's not even these guys, how do you maximize the next iteration of the team? And for me, I was about trading Zach, getting as as much as he could for Zach. And it's not because I dislike Zach. It's because I think he's the most valuable asset they have on the team, despite the contract, all all that sort of thing. So for me, I was in that rebuild mode. So that shapes my thinking around this tanking thing about you're not getting anything out of this current squad. Okay, cool. You're making, you're putting together this fake run here with Pat Bev. You, you, you got to the last game in the playing situation. You might have, you know, got it, or you would have got into the playoffs had you beaten the Heat, but obviously, ultimately that didn't happen. So right. you've really impacted your chances to get into the Wemby sweepstakes, sweepstakes. And we know what this draft is at the top. It's it's pretty damn amazing. And I guess my argument for it is: look at what the Blazers did. The Blazers rested their guy. They rested Dame. They rested their other players, who, you know, are decent, can contribute to the lineup, and they ultimately bottomed out from a similar position where the balls were at, like in that tenth, eleventh range, and really went for it. And they ultimately landed fifth in the draft. Now they didn't get up and, and and grab Wemby, but they did get up and and get get up from fifth into third. So my thing is, it's all what can you do, what can you control to maximize your chances at getting that next star. Now obviously getting the third pick, getting the first pick, whatever it might be, like that doesn't guarantee you anything and 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 uh Pat we were going about it like with in relation to the Sixers like yeah. my thing with the Sixers isn't isn't that the tanking that has failed them because the th- I think the tanking put them in fantastic position to get all these good players. What's what's undone the Sixers is the decisions thereafter the roster construction thereafter so i think in from a process point of view getting up into that draft and getting your hands on a first pick or a third pick or whatever it might be like that's where i wanted to be at that's what i wanted this bulls team to be doing and just sort of being realistic about what their current situation is and trying to maximize their value as much as possible i don't think they did that based on obviously try, they were trying to go for the plane and as we know now they don't have a 23 pick or they don't have a pick in this current draft at this stage so they haven't really done anything to really maximize the value of this team, and that's my beef with it. But from a tanking point of view, more generally, I think that's the best way to go about it if you want to you know, maximize your ability to add value. Now, like I said, tanking doesn't guarantee you shit. It, nothing guarantees you anything in the NBA. But like, what's the, my best possible avenue to maximize value? And I, for me, tanking is the best way, unfortunately.
2: I, I think my, my biggest pushback is this, right? What it takes mm-hmm. for you to tank –
1: Mm -hmm.
2: usually causes you to not be in a position for that player to stick around by the time he's actually good or for because you're not going to hit on every first round pick, especially right. The Sixers are a great example. They missed on a lot of dudes, even though they picked pretty much the dude that was supposed to be the number one pick in that draft. They I, I mean Nerland's Noel. That was that was a terrible draft. And Michael Carter Williams was that was that was an awful draft. But when you start to look at the ones after that, right? Like they took the number one guy coming out of college. They took the best players out of college. And it just doesn't pan out sometimes. The thing for me is that to put yourself in that position takes you out of the sweep states where the Bulls right now are 40 and 42 win teams. If you move on from DeMar, if you move on from Vooch, okay, maybe you take a little bit of a step back. But the one thing that we've heard from NBA teams around the, the, the or from NBA players around the league is that they actually like Zach Levine. They actually want to play with Zach Levine, but I'm not gonna play with Zach Levine on a 10-win team. I'm not going to look to come to Chicago on a five-win team. Heck, when we got DeMar when we got Lonzo when we got Vooch. Everybody was excited to come here because they wanted to be around Zach. And they wanted to help build this thing that was all coming together. So for me, right, I think that you're going to win with stars that are already in the league. Now, the biggest problem that all three of us agree with is that Jerry Reinsdorf is just not going to overpay for anybody. He's not going to put the big money to any of these players. But to me, the best way for you to win is to go out and get a veteran. Right? Like, yeah, you want that young guy. You want that guy that's coming up. You want to find that next superstar. But realistically, there's a new superstar that's sick of his team every single season that the Bulls should be in the market for. But you don't put yourself in those conversations if you're a 22 win team.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's fair. And then look, I don't disagree with anything you noted there. And I I would say, yes, let's do that. But the issue with doing that at the moment is like the Bulls can't really do that because obviously they owe draft picks. They owe the magic pick. They owe the Spurs pick. So they can't do that big Durant type trade because they don't have their full suite of picks. Right. And even beyond that, they don't necessarily have the salary to send out in that type of trade as well. So it's not ideal from that point of view. So I don't disagree with you. Like, I, I love the idea of trading for stars or whether it be, you know, trading for stars or trying to get it done via free agency. Obviously, we know the Bulls' history in free agency, but just because it has failed in the past, I don't think you just completely. To, you know throw away that plan more generally but yeah I, I love the idea of trading for stars but i just think where the balls are at this stage uh i just did, i didn't think that was a possible outcome unfortunately so i guess my position on it is more about where this team currently is and what's the best avenue for them currently and you know from my like i said from my vantage point i thought they should have blown it up and rebuilt it and, and try to tank it away just because they're limited all other you know, Ivan used to do so. Like I said, they've because they had traded their draft picks and that sort of stuff on on Vooch and DeMar. like yeah. you can't put in that deal for Durant or insert whoever that next superstar is. So what else are you gonna do? They're they, they kind of they kind of stuffed, to be honest with you.
2: Yeah. It's uh that I think that is the tough part, right? It's like, should they run back continuity? And we all just are like, they they don't really have a choice. <laughs> There's not, it's not many options out here except continuity now because of the position you put yourself in. He swung big. I'll give him that. AK swung big. He missed. It, well, he, it was a loud pop-up.
0: The unfortunate thing is that there are options, but there are options that the Bulls can't explore because of ownership. Yeah. Not, yeah. 90% of ownership of of teams with the situation that the Bulls are in, I, I know that Monza would have to volunteer for us to get the career-ending injury exception, but we ha- can file for disabled player exception but the Bulls are probably not going to do that and not use it because that would send the Bulls into the luxury tax. Most teams would do that at least that that one season willingly to try to bring in a starting point guard while still using your mid-level exception to add to this team. So... It's it's a combination of a few things. It is a combination of what you and Mark said, but then there's also that combination of the fact that we're in a, a situation that is not favorable to the team at all, especially with Lonzo Ball's contract, but we have an avenue to try to alleviate that sum that this team is just not going to explore yeah. because we know that ownership doesn't want to go into the luxury tax. It's double-downing, really, in a lot of ways.
1: Yep. Yeah, 100%. 100%. 100%. And, and coming back to what we were talking about before, Hayes, like about the fact that the Vooch trade could have looked better than what it did. Like, yeah. okay, the Bulls didn't use their mid-level exception or the, the, the full the full allowance of that mid-level exception last offseason. Yeah. They didn't do that because it would have pushed them into the tax or likely would have pushed them into the tax. They used the partial amount of that to bring in Andre Drummond. But because they didn't use that, obviously the team remained somewhat stagnant. It became the continuity thing. And like we said, like, they ultimately landed where they did in giving up the eleventh pick, but because there's these constraints that exist based on what ownership want to do, coupled down with what you just noted there in terms of the mistakes that AK has made, it puts you in the situation where you're you're very stagnant, which means you ultimately you're going backwards in in this day and age in the NBA. And it, it's having multiple effects here. It's ultimately impacting what you can do on the, or what your team is on the court, you know, as we saw in the 2022 23 season, but it's ultimately impacting your draft. It's impacting what you can or can't do in the off-season, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I think that's a really good point that your actions here. Okay, cool. We're looking at them in a silo situation. It's one thing that is impacting free agency at a specific time or the draft at one specific time. But mm-hmm. the action that you make today is going to have flow on effects that are going to limit you or potentially impact you in a, in a whole bunch of other ways. And we're, we're seeing that now. We're living that right now.
0: That's
2: yeah. fact. One, thing I, one thing I'll say is continuity is important. We do have to like yeah. I know that like when when Chicago teams say things right like and they overuse them, we say that it as bad like continuity is important. Bucks being at the top is because everybody's played with each other for a long time. Um yeah. Denver being in the Western Conference mm-hmm. Finals now is because these guys know where to be. Freaking the Golden State Warriors, it's continuity. Continuity are the teams that get to the NBA Finals and win the NBA finals more times than not. It's why I give the Miami heat, a fighting chance to actually get back to an NBA finals because everybody on that team know how everybody plays and they know Jimmy Butler might punch you in the mouth if you don't listen. So Mm -hmm. you got to take all that stuff into account, but you also have to find that right core. And I think that AK, AK is building this team very much how many of the Denver teams were built in which you'll be competitive until we find the right core. We'll add pieces until we find the right core. We'll put, Guys in the in place and 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 have placeholders until we find the right core. And I think that that's the part that Bulls fans are going to have a hard time stomaching because Jerry Reinsdorf
1: owns this team, and AK is going to be here for a long time.
2: Hundred year extension for AK.
1: <laughs> yeah, look, I I don't I think continuity is a good and fine thing, but so long as it's used on the right group of players, as you noted. Like continuity, like what the Nuggets are doing right now, like that core deserves continuity in part because you have someone like Jokic, Giannis with the Bucks, Curry with the Warriors, whatever it might be. Like you keep continuity in that instance because you've got your, you know, your top level guy and then you've got the stars around him thereafter. Yeah. But, you know, after that, like, it's like, why do teams like the Bulls deserve continuity? Like that that's that's the trick. So I don't think Bulls fans ultimately have an issue with continuity as a concept. It's probably like when it's applied to or who it's applied to. That that's that's the problem. And right now, like, why are we applying continuity to Vuc, who's might maybe not even a top fifty player at this point? Like you guys noted before, Demars Demars thirty four going into year fifteen, and Zach, you know, as good as he is, is not an All NBA guy. So it's like, why are we putting continuity with this group? Like that's the problem. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point
2: that's it let's man. get out of here man let's call it one it was a good episode always a pleasure <laughs> love having mark on this one man i mean listen the the at the end of the day bulls right yeah it is what it is just to see riz in the chat popcorn bulls uh <laughs> follow us on everything at locked on bulls you can follow me on everything at pat the designer mark let them know where they can find you at man
1: Uh, at, at MK hoops on Twitter, just yelling about the bulls as we've done here today. And then, um, you know, I catch us over at CHGO bulls as well. Matt, Matt, big Dave and and Will are on there four days a week. And then, you know, my ugly face face pops up once a week. So if you're into that, once you've got done listening to locked on bulls, I head over and support us over at CHGO bulls.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You guys can follow me at CEO Hayes at CEO H A I Z E. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Bulls. We will be back tomorrow, as we are daily, even during the off season, covering this godforsaken team for Pat the Designer and Mark Hayes. This has been Locked On Bulls. We're out, y'all. Peace, guys. Still not listening. <laughs>